We're in a series here exploring what it means to be a healthy church, and we're looking at these 10 healthy missional markers that you see here on this checkboard. We're uh, about halfway through. But I was thinking uh, in the last couple of weeks that something a healthy church needs is a healthy pastor. So I, um, I went and had a physical about a week and a half ago, my annual checkup. And I found out, um, good news, I'm, I'm healthy. Uh, there's a few little lab numbers the doctor wants to keep his eye on. But other than that, I'm, I'm, I'm healthy and I'm, I'm in good shape. But one thing that bothered me was my height and weight. <laughs> weight, not so much. That's up and down these days. But my height, I always thought that I was 5'7". I've always said that I'm 5'7". I looked at my driver's license and when I got home from the doctor and looked and it said 5'7", so that must be what I am. And uh, actually, I've always really known that I'm really about 5'6 half. And so I've just sort of rounded up. But, you know, half, you round up from half. So I've always said I'm 5'7", even though I've known I'm 5'6 and a half. I was under 5'6 when I got to the doctor. I'm like, I said, you're kidding. She said, no, it's 5'5 five, five point something. And I lost the after that when I thought, I thought, I used to kid my mom when she hit 90 that she was shrinking. And it's happening to me already. I'm shrinking. So anyway, um, it made me think of one of the scriptures that I read for today's message in John 3.30, a little bit after the section that Dave, uh, David read to us. In John 3.30, uh, John the Baptist is speaking of Jesus when he says, he must become greater and I must become less. <laughs> so I guess I'm just being very biblical as I uh, become less. <laughs> but seriously, <laughs> that's what happens when we become born again. Not when we just accept something and believe it in our head, but when we truly come into a life-changing relationship with Jesus, when we give our life to Christ and begin to grow in a relationship with him, he changes us, he transforms us in what is a lifelong journey. And his influence in our life and his power working in us becomes greater than the stubborn will that we have to try to do things ourselves. And so he must become greater and I must become less said John the Baptist, and should say to each of us as those who trust and follow Christ. And so the healthy missional marker that we look at today is this, a life-transforming walk with Jesus. A life-transforming walk with Jesus. We've been asking this question each week, what makes a church a healthy church? We're looking to several markers that will help us answer that question, but in and under and through it all must be our deepening devotion to Jesus and our commitment to what he calls his church to be and do. This is the second time we've sung Jesus at the center in this series, and it's intentional because this is what we're looking at. All of these markers, but they mean nothing unless we are centered in who Christ is. So can you see why this one today, this life-transforming walk with Jesus, why this one is so important as a mark of our health? Let's go back to that scripture reading. These are probably, towards the end, they're very familiar words to most of you. Early in the, in the passage where Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus and says, you must be born again. And then the familiar words of John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. I mean, this is the heart of the gospel. But the problem is sometimes we can get stuck right there. We can get stuck just at the heart and not what is supposed to happen. We've been told if we've grown up in the church and gone to Sunday school and gone to retreats and camps that you just accept Jesus, you pray a prayer, you ask him into your life, and you are a Christian. You ask him, you receive his gift of forgiveness, and then you receive his promise of eternal life, and we are saved. And that's true. That is the gospel. But that's just the beginning of a lifelong relationship with Jesus in which he transforms us. Sometimes we can get stuck at the beginning believing that becoming a Christian is mostly about managing sin and going to heaven. 
we manage our sin, we realize we're a sinner, we ask forgiveness, we're forgiven, and then we have a promise of a ticket to heaven. And that's true, but there is so much more to the Christian life. It is about that, but it's about so much more. And we can even truly believe this and know this, that we're forgiven and assured of eternal life, and we can still miss the relationship. We can believe and know all these things, but we can miss the relationship. Or we can know that there really is a relationship with Jesus. I mean, that's what really drew me in as a high school sophomore. I'd grown up in the church. I'd gone to Sunday school. I knew a lot of the right answers, but I had never heard until I was a sophomore in high school that I could have a relationship with Jesus, and that began a whole new kind of dimension for me. But even then, we can, we can believe that we have a relationship with Jesus and we can understand that it is a relationship, but then we can just sort of keep that relationship a casual one <laughs> or a relationship of convenience. But Jesus wants to become greater as we become less. Jesus wants all of us. He wants to become greater in us. He wants to make us more and more like him, transforming us more and more into who God originally created us to be. When the Apostle Paul was writing this letter to the Philippian church, he was concerned about the same thing. Now, the Philippian church had had a great start. There was all kinds of different people that were coming to Christ in that church, and they were experiencing life together. They are experiencing forgiveness and, and new life. But now Paul needed to kind of push them, and in this letter he's pushing them to deal with some of the stuff that they're dealing with. And he's pushing them to grow, and his encouragement comes with, with great confidence in the work that God is doing. And he says this in Philippians 1.6. Paul says to the Philippians, I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I'm confident that he who began a good work in you, pray the prayer, manage the sin, get the promise, that's the beginning of the good work, that he will carry it on to completion until the day when Christ comes again. The work he's begun in us, the work that he's begun, is the work of salvation. It is the work of forgiveness and the assurance of eternal life. And that work is not based on the good works of the person receiving it, but it's based on the good work of Jesus dying for our sins. And it's a work that's done in us, but it's only the beginning. It says, he who began a good work in you, he who began a good work in you, It's a working and a transforming that will be carried on all the way until Jesus pulls everything together in his perfect future kingdom. We actually don't go to heaven. Heaven comes to us. Heaven comes to earth in the future perfect kingdom. The consummation of all things is a new heaven and earth right here. And on that day, we will finally be complete. But until then, Christ is working in us. The promise is here. He will carry it on. He will carry it on. God saves us. God initiates salvation. He will bring it to full consummation someday. But meanwhile, he continues it. He will continue and carry it on. Well, this makes sense, right? You come to Christ, you grow in Christ. We are transformed by Jesus working in us. And it sounds like a good summary for personal spiritual health. That I come to Jesus and I grow in Jesus. But what about the church? We're talking about the 10 healthy missional markers, not just of the Christian, but of the church. What of the church? We're talking about 10 healthy missional markers for a, a healthy church, not just healthy individuals. Well, there are three bullet points that we are provided for each of these missional markers. I haven't mentioned them every week. Last week, Debbie Blue, who was our guest preacher, when we spoke of transforming communities through active compassion, mercy, and justice ministries. Debbie read those bullets. 
And the three we look at today kind of bring this marker, this marker of life-transforming walk uh, uh, and growth in Jesus, kind of brings it into the context of the whole church. What, what does this mean for the whole church, that individually we're being transformed? What does it mean for the church? Well, the first one says this. Our people understand the radical nature of the message and mission of Jesus that continually deconstructs and reconstructs a person's life. Whoa. <laughs> Our people understand the radical nature of the message and mission of Jesus that deconstructs, kind of tears us apart, and then puts us back together in a God-honoring way. This is what I've been talking about. In a healthy church, our people understand this because we talk about Jesus' message and mission. We talk about here, we speak of his priorities. Pursuing Christ, Christ and pursuing his priorities would be the mission and message of Jesus, getting to know him and what he's calling us to do. In a healthy church, we talk about those things. We discuss what it means. We share stories with each other about how God is changing us. We share stories with each other about where God is maybe kind of tearing us down a little bit in order to build us up. We share the stories of the struggles we've been through and where God has been faithful. And in that, we give credit to Jesus and the message and the mission of Jesus. We, we unite together to make an impact in the world in some of the mission work that we do, and we experience that together. We're, we're, we're living into the mission of Jesus. And so as a healthy church, we, we let him sort of kind of tear us up a little bit and, and build us up and, and strengthen us and change us. We share stories about how that changes us, how it changes our perspective. We share stories about how it convicts us and how it moves us to action. We talk about living in new ways to serve Christ to make a difference. Our people understand the radical nature of the message and the mission of Jesus that continually deconstructs and reconstructs a person's life. The second bullet point says this, we teach our people how to be attentive to Christ in all circumstances. And in just a few minutes, Diane Anderson's going to come and share a bit of her story that dovetails with this of being attentive to Christ in her life. And then the third bullet point that Pastor Diana is going to address after Diane is, says this, our people are equipped and growing in their ability to use a variety of spiritual growth resources, experiences, and settings. Our people are equipped and growing in their ability to use these spiritual growth resources. God is doing a good work at Naperville Covenant Church. Lives are being transformed. We sat at our Stephen Ministry supervision session on Thursday night, just this week, and I was I left in awe of the work that our Stephen ministers are doing, of walking faithfully as some of our people are struggling, and in awe of how some of those struggling people are, are taking great strides, and we could say they have changed. They are growing. We are seeing people being transformed by Christ. Those who are giving care and those who are receiving care, it's happening. But I know that some of you maybe are sitting here feeling like, I'm not always feeling it. <laughs> I'm a bit stuck maybe in my Christian life. I, I know the answers. I, I know the story that I've told and that I've lived. But right now, it's not fully, fully alive. And some may be even asking the question, is this really all there is to the Christian life? And it could be that we're really stuck at that, well, I'm forgiven my sins and I'm going to heaven. And I want to challenge you, if you're in that place, to look at what it might mean for you to be in this life-changing, life-transforming walk with Christ. As a church, we're committed to pursuing together what the Word of God says, teaching and developing and modeling the practices and experiences that can help us connect more effectively with Jesus. We're committed to pursuing Him together. That as a church, we hold this up, 
that he is becoming greater in our midst and in our lives, and we become less as he lives in and through us. I'd like to invite Diane to come now and share a little bit of her story of connecting with Christ and her own story of transformation. Good morning. As Pastor Scott said, my name is Diane Anderson, and I was asked by Pastor Scott to share my own transforming walk with Jesus. And that's a bit daunting to share how I live a transformed life in spite of all my imperfections and also of being a reluctant public speaker. (laughs) But when Pastor Scott asked me, I think I surprised both of us by saying yes right away. And perhaps that's evidence of how I walk with Jesus and feel his nudges in my life. And in order to be more concise with what I say, I'm simply going to read what I've written and give you snippets and glimpses and practices for my own life and my own walk with Jesus. I have had a lifelong journey with God, inviting Jesus into my heart as a girl at summer camp. I lived many years believing and following Christ. It was, however, in my 40s that my relationship with Jesus significantly changed and my walk was transformed when I went through a very difficult time. Nearly 25 years ago, there were multiple changes, challenges, and losses in my life. The most significant was the loss of my dearly loved dad. It was through those times that I clung to Jesus in a way I never had before. Yet, I still found myself being in a very dark place for a long time. Eventually, I felt God's leading me to focus on him, not on my circumstances. It was then that I began journaling. I wrote five things a day where I saw God's presence or things that I could be grateful for. I did that for over two years. Simple things like the smell of cinnamon rolls, a sunset, a sun taking out the garbage, (laughs) or God's protection in a situation. Five things a day for more than two years. There were hundreds of entries. What this did was to shift my perspective to where it became a habit of seeing God's presence and activity. That practice continues today to make me more attentive to Christ's presence and his activity through all the circumstances of my life and in the world around me. It truly has been transforming in my life. Journaling remains an important spiritual habit for me today, but it has become more freeform in style. Around that same time, I had a period of deep calling out to God for relief and asked how he wanted to use what I had been going through. The answer I got was clearer than anything I had ever heard from God. He was directing me to become a counselor. The thought scared me. It even terrified me. As I was a mediocre undergraduate student, and my first graduate course was statistics. (laughs) That was a time of fear, trust, obedience, learning, and equipping. And three years later, I received my master's in clinical psychology. That followed later by establishing a counseling practice, something I never thought I would or could do, 
but God led me there. The practice is named Providence, so named because of God's guidance and care. It still is operating, though I am no longer a part of it. I felt God leading me away from that practice, but I wasn't sure where he was leading me to. After some time, it became clear to me that I was being called to spiritual direction. I entered the program at North Park Theological Seminary, and I finished a two-year program in 2012, and I found it to be one of the most spiritually enriching experiences of my life. I learned and participated in spiritual practices, among them new ways of prayer and using scripture, discernment, solitude, listening, and spiritual journaling. My dependence on God and intimacy with him deepened as I came to grasp more of his presence and his love for me, understanding more of who he created me to be and how he calls me. Being present with another as we focused on the presence of the Holy Spirit has also been a powerful practice in my life. Spiritual direction has most definitely transformed my walk with Jesus. More than two years ago, as our church was beginning to partner with the Evangelical Covenant Church World Vision and Covenant Kids Congo, an opportunity arose where several from our congregation had the possibility to go to Congo. I felt the call, but I also felt fear. This was way out of my comfort zone. On the day of decision, I still was unsure. And after discussing it with my family the night before, I got up early to read scripture and pray. Then I read my devotion for the day from Jesus Calling. It said, I am leading you step by step through your life. Hold my hand in trusting dependence. I will show you the next step forward and the one after that and the one after that. Relax and enjoy the journey in my presence, trusting me to open up the way before you as you go. The verse for the day was Psalm 32.8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel and watch over you. There was my answer, go. Relax and enjoy the journey in my presence became my theme as I went to Congo. It was a life-changing trip. The small group I am in studied the book Love to Pray by Alvin Vandergrind which is a 40-day devotional for deepening your prayer life. After we finished the study, I knew I wanted to come back to it intentionally and individually. As I look back now, that was giving me an essential foundation for what was ahead. I found deeper intimacy with God, and I do believe my prayer life was transformed through that book and through the practice of the book. All of these things have bled me to the place where I feel I have an unshakable and intimate relationship with Jesus. He continues his work of transforming me from the inside out. I seek him. I hear his voice. I feel his presence. He sustains me, equips me, and strengthens me, and gives me peace. Currently, I am in the midst of a difficult year. A year ago, my husband Larry was diagnosed with cancer. This has been followed by surgery, radiation, and now two years of ongoing treatment, and we face an uncertain future. 
In addition to this major stressor, someone I love very much has been going through an intensive year of physical and mental illness, addiction with numerous suicide attempts. I am the one he reaches out to, and there have been many fearful nights of crisis intervention. He has told me numerous times that he wouldn't be alive if it weren't for my presence. I do this out of my love for him, but also because of a promise I made many years ago. It hasn't been easy, but I feel God has called me and prepared me for this. My nephew is in my prayers daily, and God has answered many of them. Many times I have sought God's strength and wisdom and protection, and God has been so faithful and merciful. It is an absolute miracle now that my nephew now has found God and hope through this long and painful process. Both of these difficult situations are ongoing, but God has been in the midst of them, and I am confident he will continue to be. In my journaling at the beginning of this year, I wrote about the process of choosing my word for the year. I use, and this is what I wrote in my journal, I use the daily devotional Jesus Column and go through it each year. I find it to have gems for me right where I'm at. 2014 was one of the most challenging years of my life. Through it all, I have found God to be faithful and active in my life and my prayer life, and my intimacy with him has certainly grown. As I was praying about my word for the year, I also read from my devotional, and it said, I am preparing you for what is on the road ahead. Take time to be still in my presence so I can strengthen you. The verse that came to mind for me was Psalm 46.10, Be still and know that I am God. There was my word, still. It is perfect for me right now. By nature, I am a person that needs to recharge by stillness rather than activity, so still certainly suits me. It is through prayer and stillness that I have powerfully experienced God. Stillness will be important to me in the year ahead, and there still are looming issues. I will lean into my God-given word still and know that God is faithful and present in all circumstances. I wrote that January 2, 2015. And I also want to acknowledge the role of the church throughout my walk. This church has given me a place to see, to know, to love, and to serve God. And this community, through all the prayers of many individuals and through the body, have strengthened me, and I thank you so much for that. When I look through my life, I see how God has woven the elements of my life together. I am so thankful that I walk with Jesus and that he has the power to transform me. Thank you. Thank you, Diane. You're so brave. (laughs) I'm sure some of you are thinking, she has all the tools, and I don't. And so um, part of my role as pastor of spiritual formation is to help equip people. And if you look at the last bullet point, it says the healthy missional marker for transforming a transforming walk with Christ is our people are equipped and growing in their ability to use a variety of spiritual growth resources experiences, and settings. So this is a large part of my, of my role, and my heart for you is that I can equip you and that you will want to be equipped 
so that you can be transformed like Diane has been transformed. I like to help people find resources for individuals, but also for groups. A lot of what I do is helping people in their walk with faith. Two examples of this are happening this week that jumped to mind already. The Pearl Fashion Show brunch might seem like just a fun day with girls hanging out. But the reality is, is people are going to be transformed as they learn that even their fashion can be kingdom-focused. Our relationship with the Pearl Girls comes from Joan Bierkman Murray working side-by-side with Sharona in the garden last year from Windy City Project and wanting to continue that relationship with those girls. Also next week, the 13 confirmands will be bringing the sermon to us and learning to preach the gospel to people with their mentors. It's in this type of work that I get to do that you can be transformed. And it's not about me. It's about you and Christ. Talks about settings being important. Last year, we didn't stay within these walls. We went out together. We were in the suburbs for Bridge Communities, and we went downtown Chicago to be with the Pearl and, and Y-Men kids. That type of thing is what's going to transform you to be more like Christ. Many years ago when I was in junior high, the verse that is used for this particular um, bullet point is the Philippians 1.6 that Pastor Scott already talked about. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. And when I was in junior high, I got one of those little fold-out posters from Brio Magazine. If anybody remembers Brio Magazine, it was the Christian teeny bopper uh, magazine. And I remember pulling it out of the middle and putting it above my full-length mirror. And I was daily being transformed as I stood and looked at an awkward teenage junior high girl and felt like, what possibly could he do with me? And I meditated on that scripture daily as I felt like nothing. We can be transformed by the scriptures. As Diane Anderson spoke, she mentioned several great ideas and resources that can help you grow in your spiritual walk. And I wanted to unpack some of that for you because she she said so many in a short amount of time that for some of you, it might have been the first time you even heard some of the the words or the books um, or the things that she talked about. The first thing she mentioned was spiritual direction. It might seem really complicated, but it's not. It's simply sitting with someone one-on-one and you're both listening for the Holy Spirit and you get to talk about your walk with Christ. You usually meet once a month. There's usually a candle to remind you that the Holy Spirit is present. And it is simply that, a way to keep track of where you are in your faith walk and someone to walk with you. I'm a spiritual director, Diane's a spiritual director, and we actually have someone else in our congregation who's a spiritual director. So if you'd like to try this sometime, maybe you could approach one of us and give it a whirl. There's also a whole group of covenant spiritual directors that we can connect you with as well. 
Diane also mentioned spiritual disciplines slash spiritual practices. Now, we use the term spiritual practices more now because people don't like the word discipline. It's mainly why it has changed. The spiritual disciplines, we actually do like if we know where it comes from. It's about becoming a disciple of Christ. We want that. But because we're afraid of the word discipline, we've called it practices. And more of us are comfortable with practicing. Because if we want to get better at something, what do we do? We practice. So um, these are, those are just some ways that you can enter into relationship with Jesus Christ. It's a way to practice being present to God so that you can grow. So what are some spiritual practices that you might enjoy? It's not a one-size-fits-all. It's actually you have to find the ones that work well for you. So if you're someone who likes to be on the move when you are relating to Christ, you can do a prayer walk. You can do that side-by-side side with another person, walking and talking to God out loud as you notice things along your way. You could do it silently as well as you walk. Another walking spiritual practice is a parable walk. And you walk slower, and, and you just walk, and you try to notice things. And when something captures your attention, you think about it maybe the way that Jesus would have thought about it as he was walking the road. He talked about everyday normal things in life as he walked the road and shared parables and truths about what um, the kingdom of God. And so you can walk and allow Jesus to speak to you through different things. Now some of you might feel like I'm so hurt and broken or have so much anxiety that I do not have my own words so there are books out there that actually have written prayers that might help you. One of the prayers books is called um, Public and Personal Prayers by Art Nelson. Another one that can be helpful for you if you are um, struggling with anxiety or, or fear is a breath prayer. And you start by just breathing in and out, thanking God that you're breathing. And then you can create a prayer that goes along with that as you breathe in and out. It's great for anxiety and fear. And then centering prayer is, is focusing on one word, peace, strength, courage, and allowing yourself to just sit with that one word and what God might have to teach you through that. If you want to look at the scriptures, Lectio Divina or Holy Listening Prayer is a holy reading is another way that you can look at the scriptures. You end up reading it four times and listening for what God is speaking to you about. Dwell in the Word is similar to Lectio, but you do it with friends. So you need four friends to do Dwell in the Word. For those of you who love technology, no, or always on the go, right? There's lots of things out there. It's almost a flood of things coming at you. But you version the Bible on, on your phone or your tablet or whatever. It's actually created by covenant people, right? Um, you can do reading schedules right there on you version if you want to. If you are someone who loves to get an email reminder 
devotional every day, you can sign up for those. If you're like me, it just floods your inbox and is worthless. So make sure you know what is going to be growth giving and not just something that's going to overwhelm you and make you feel incompetent because that's not the goal. Spiritual practices are not the one size fits all, like I said. So if you're looking to find out just more about spiritual practices, there's um, a book called Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adele Calhoun, which is actually from Megan's church that she grew up in. She goes there now. Um, And she has written this book, and it's great. I actually have it in my office if anybody wants to look at it. It's, It's really thick, and it makes you realize how many spiritual practices there actually are. Another one to figure out just kind of who you are is called Sacred Pathways, and that's by Gary Thomas, and that talks about are you a naturalist, which is you like to be in nature, or if you're someone who likes to be still, like Diane, and you can find out which pathways, which prayer exercises, which spiritual discipline practices would be good for you, and you can read about them. This last year, um, a year ago now, we did, a, we did the novel Sensible Shoes. And if you love novels and you want to find out about these spiritual practices, it's a great book to try. And we actually have 10 copies of it, I believe. If someone wants to buy one, I'll go into the closet and find you one. We'll charge you 10 bucks. It's a great book. It's also written by a covenant female pastor who um, is in the covenant. And she, her next one's coming out in the fall. We have, we have word. I'm, I'm very excited and already people are saying to me, let's do the book study again. Speaking of which, several women from our church did a book study last year, and they were transformed by starting to do some of these spiritual practices together. Another one um, that we are actually doing as the leadership team is called Sacred Rhythms, and it's by Ruth Haley Barton. And so each week, your leadership of this church they are reading a chapter from each month. They are reading a chapter, and we are talking about it together, and we are practicing some of these spiritual practices together. We are now making decisions from a whole new angle, meaning we listen first, and then we do what God's asking us to do. We're discerning, is this what God wants us to do, or do we need to let that go by the side because it's just what I want to do? It's a whole new way of leading If you love to be still, like Diane, there are several um, different growth resources right on our very own Covenant website. Um, Diane talked about journaling, and there's there's a, a growth material that you can use, a growth resource that'll talk you through journaling. And so right now, in your bulletin, there is um, inside, it's, it is... It looks like what Megan's holding up. It's the inside, and it has a list there, and it says five things that I'm thankful for. So there are little tiny pencils in front of you, and you can pull one out. And, and go ahead, write down five things that you're thankful for. If, if it's Mother's Day and your children behaved on the way to church, great. If you need to write down there was gas in the car when I got in it this morning, great. Your son showed up <laughs> to church You're going to get to anything. Just think of five things that you can be thankful for today. And like Diane, maybe start to do this on a regular basis. If you're in a hard place, this can transform the way you think. 
It requires you to be thankful and grateful. And when you notice the small things, it's, it's like they add up and become the big things. We have a God who gives us things all the time. It is this world that is dragging us down. And so when we become thankful, we are giving honor and glory to the one who gives good gifts. And we are walking further and further away from the world that is selling us stuff that isn't good for us, that is dragging us down. When I was in college, I actually decided to journal because it was required (laughs) freshman year. Journal for this class. Okay, whatever. Well, I had decided I wanted to walk closer to God, so I decided I would pray. That would be my journaling. And then I would write down one passage of Scripture. And this actually transformed my life. By sophomore year, I was still doing it, and it was showing me who God is and that he he knew my soul. He knew the stuff that was going on in my life, and he was willing to let me know. Over and over and over again, the things I was praying for were showing up in Scripture, just like Diane said today, go. His Scripture is alive, and it can speak to us, but it can't speak to us if we're not reading it. Ruth Haley Barton also has a book called Silence and Solitude. So if you're not a mom of young children, you can read this. (laughs) If you are a mom with small children, just put it on a list for a long time from now. But also there are lots of daily devotional books that are great for the the mom who's trying to get through life because they're one page or a half page. You can do it, even if you pretend you're going to the bathroom you can read and be transformed to be more like Christ. My Utmost for His Highest by Oswald Chambers. If you have more time, Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby is amazing. And then the one that Diane mentioned is Jesus is Calling by Sarah Young is actually the book that we're giving to our graduates today. And so I'm going to invite our graduates up because our hope is that we are a part of their transforming walk, not just while they've been here, but as they go on. And they are going to share with us as I give them these books, Jesus is Calling. And I hope that they take the time to read for about eight minutes every day. That's all it takes, eight minutes, to read a passage. Um, There are are two verses usually in Jesus is Calling. And then um, the woman writes as... Um, from the voice of God speaking to us. It's a beautiful thing. 